This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on? Hello. Hello. All right, Caps fans, we're going to have our segment-based episode today. The Hockey Troll Hip Check is going to discuss a poor performance by the Washington Capitals power play. I think that's putting it a little lightly. And Polly, what's snack time with Polly Cupcakes going to be? Well, with the... Announcement that the NHL is not going to go to the Olympics. Um, <clears throat> just some some thoughts on last time around's roster and maybe a look at who we can expect to maybe be on this team. Uh, just a heads up, this isn't the easiest list to come up with, um, and I'm not real big into prospects and such, so this is a very per- preliminary look. And once they announce the roster, we'll really go into it then. But for now, it's kind of just um, kind of the equivalent of a couple guys sitting around drinking beer, chilling, and just talking bullshit. Exactly, which is the entire premise of this podcast. Anyways, um, if you're new here, this is our segment-based podcast, so we're going to be talking about a lot of, you know, just our our deep genius mind thoughts uh, whereas Monday we talk about league news and the week in review for the Washington Capitals. So let's get into it. What do you think, Polly? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. Well, <clears throat> you know, I will say one thing. I think that uh, I think that while sometimes things look bad right now, you know, you can uh, can always expect to get better. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe I'm just trying to stall and say some stuff before uh, I actually play the <laughs> intro music for the Hockey Troll Hip Check. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think that it's important to keep in mind the bigger picture here. And with that, let's get right into the Hockey Troll Hip Check. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. All right, so I was alluding to the Washington Capitals power play is totally fucked. Or is it? I don't know. Uh, I mean, someone did just break a record on it. <laughs> um, all right, so the Washington Capitals right now are running at like a dismal 14 to 15% conversion rate, which is bottom five in the league. Uh, and to compound it, they've given up a league-leading eight shorthanded goals, and that's not a category you want to lead in throughout this season, which is not even half done yet. So, again, that's the absolute worst in shorthanded goals given up, and it's good for bottom five percentage. Um, but let's let's take, like, a macro look at things. Like, last season we were third in the league when it was all said and done with a 24.8% conversion rate. 
the season before that, uh, which would be 2021, we were 17th at around 19.4, 18, 19, 12th at 20.8%, and 17, 18, 7th at 22.5%. So as you can see, like 1% or 2% can really bump you several spots. A healthy power play, I believe, operates at around a 20% clip, like on average. Um, so, you know, is, first of all, let's, let's decide whether we even have a problem right now. Of course, in the games that we're playing now, yes, it is a prevalent problem, but we're still coming away with wins here. And Polly, we've discussed this before. What would you rather have a awesome power play or an awesome penalty kill? Um, <clears throat> an awesome penalty kill is much more important to long success um, as you know I, I think it, it's definitely more important to shut down the other team's opportunities than it is to um, capitalize on yours if you're still letting like I, I guess what I'm saying is um, if you have a good power play instead of a good penalty kill, that means that even though you're scoring on the power play, so are the other teams, right? So I guess my main objective would be I would rather shut down the other team's power plays than have a good power play myself. Right. And so we're killing penalties at 18 82.6% um, clip. Now, that's that's good for, you know, that's middle of the pack, I'd say. It's it's ninth. Um I believe right now. So I, 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 I like that. I, I, and I think Laviolette, that's one of his concerns. And so you take a look at like, okay, the power play, this is great. Or it's shitty that we're, we're not in a great position with the, with the power play right now. But, you know, those things come in waves, especially for, for most teams, um, especially for the caps, right? I mean, scoring comes in bunches at the end of the season, we could still be top 10 or middle of the pack in a power play by the time that this all, you know, hammers itself out. We're not halfway through the season though. Um, so, I, but I would say that like the power play conversion rate is a bit concerning, especially in games when you get six chances and you convert on none of them, like we did with the predators this, this last week. Um, <clears throat> so, Holistically, as a team, if you take like the power play uh, woes out of it, by the way, the the Penguins are at the top of the PK uh, list, followed by the Hurricanes, the Ducks, the Flames, the Rangers, and then the Sharks, the Blues, the Leafs, and then us. I see like one of those teams, maybe two of them that aren't actual stand, aren't actual playoff threats. Like the Sharks and the Leafs, I don't really think that they're playoff threats. Now, if you look at the top three power play percentage it's like the Oilers the Leafs I mean these are teams that you know aren't amazing you know what I mean and generally don't go very deep in the playoffs so I guess what I'm trying to say here is that you know like the Oilers the Maple Leafs and the Blues the Stars and the Ducks round out the top five you know the Ducks are all right I'm not sure any of those teams though are going to make a super deep run in the playoffs what about you Polly uh no I mean I think the I guess the 
the team that has the best chance, I think, maybe is the Oilers, and that's still a lot because they're not a super deep team. Right, or maybe the Ducks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think horse. a lot of these numbers are because they've got some young, hot talent right. on these teams, um, and there's still a lot of season left. So you know, who knows if they'll keep it up. Yeah, and out of the top five, you have coming in six, the Predators, then the Rangers, the Hurricanes, the Avalanche, the Flames. I mean, those are teams that may be a threat in the postseason, you know. Um, and that was for power play. But then you look at the, the PK, and, and it's a much different story. So I would rather have a stronger PK than a power play, but I guess that's not really what this segment's about. It's it's really what's, what's quote-unquote wrong. And... I, while it is an immediate problem that should be addressed, I don't think it's going to sink an entire season. Now, if this continues, once everybody, once we get a, a more solid roster back and some of our key performers back, you know, then maybe we will will probably, you know, I'll probably have to eat some crow on this whole segment. But keep in mind, Backstrom and Oshi have not been a part of this unit, and they generally are. Oshi was shooting at like a 20% clip on the power play when he's in that bumper position. Um, we've had like guys like Brett Leeson and Protoss and, you know, and then when Kuznetsov was there, we've had Lars Eller out there. Dmitry Orlov at one point was considered our puck taxi through the neutral zone. Woof. I mean, that's, that's, we're, we're reaching deep, you know, into, into the roster to try to find guys that can help us on the power play. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that so many different guys have had to be involved just really kind of takes away from, I I think it should at least alleviate some of the frustration because it's not like the big guys are out there all the time. You're you're putting out guys who normally wouldn't be power play players on the power play. So why would you expect to have past year success when you're not employing the right guys sure because they're not available absolutely and you know and this is where i would like i think this is where the fans have the biggest gripe because you don't have the personnel why are we running the same system and why are we running the same power play right that's a good point you know a good coach adapts to the talent that he has right and i'm not saying that I, i don't think uh you know the coaching, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know if, if I can blame the coaching staff here. They're working with what they got. But I, the one fault that I would say is that, like, why not mix up the power play a little bit? Maybe do – you got these young guys out there. You know, maybe keep Ovion or even take him off and run, like, all your young guys. Get Shiri in there. Get, uh, get you know, our, our Scarbosa. Get the guys from Hershey in there. They've all played together. Uh, let's run a little bit more motion than the stagnant kind of everybody sits on that kind of one one two or one three one formation right um and i get that's counterintuitive a lot to what you want to do on a power play because when you're man up you want to be able to pass around but maybe trying to like situate the defense into like a short break or i mean a a slow break situation where you're just in a certain quadrant of the ice outnumbering guys and then making uh you know, pulling pulling some of the defenders over your way to go far side and making the pass there at the end a little bit more 
effective for a tapping goal would be something that I would I would like to see. You know, I think that Laviolette on five on five is really trying to insert this kind of high cycle as well that you've seen. You know, you've seen that the de- defenseman pops up, and we've seen it a bunch this season where on five on five, if a defenseman pinches the next forward closest doesn't go after the puck. He just fills in for the the defenseman. Or if it's a whole cycle up top, uh, the like left defenseman goes right. And then the, the weak side forward comes up and plays, plays D. Um, and then when it comes to the high cycle, you know, they're running things above the faceoff dots, right? Like a three man weave kind of through the, through the above the faceoff dots. Now, Whenever I see that, I'm like, well, that's super risky. But when it when it works, it looks so fucking sweet, you know? Yeah. So so I'm all for that type of stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that maybe a little bit more, um, you know, we rely a lot on Carlson's shot. He's been shooting a lot from the point. And, you know, with the way that the defense is in the book that's out on the caps, teams just know they just have to eat a Carlson shot, which sucks. But they're just basically stacking two or three guys in a line in front of John Carlson. Now, they're not overextending that because if they get two in line, then they can't if, – if Carlson decides to dish to Ovi, then it's wide open. And I think that that's probably what the, the Caps want to open up Ovi there. But um, I just don't think our executions is great as, as it could be. You know, I think uh, John Carlson – while he's a, a, a really good uh, point guy for for that position, has the shot and can dish the puck. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen Ovi get frustrated with the off center one time tee ups that Mike Green used to push over. Uh, you know, I thought Justin Schultz did a little bit better. I thought it was a little bit more of a crisper passer for Ovechkin, but you know, at the same time, I I, I don't think I would change that personnel there. Would you? Um. <clears throat> No, I think I'd want to change the uh, positioning more than I'd want to change the personnel. Um, <clears throat> I do feel like sometimes that they're pretty lazy on the power play, and I think that's why <laughs> yeah. they get a lot of these shorthanded goals. I, I right. think Carlson can be very nonchalant. Um, and honestly, I, I, if, if you're at the point where Ovi – has to make the goal saving pl- or yeah the goal saving play then you screwed up because he's not the guy he he's not on the point to play defense he's on the point to to hammer shots right so you know really Backstrom and and Carlson should be handling all of those issues near the blue line um but yeah I mean I I like who's out there I just um I think they need to switch up how they're deployed so you think it's more of a systematic uh, change. And then we talked about this on Monday. Like, I'm all for another look because I will say that one of the criticisms that I've seen is that the power play for the Caps is incredibly predictable. And of course it is. We Everyone knows they're trying to get the puck to Ovechkin. Everyone knows this. Like, why, why wouldn't you, first of all? It's been so successful up to this point. You know, we've had – I mean, it's been a, a, a decent decline – I'd say in recent years, but as far as like this season, it's been quite a big drop off, but you know, 
up to this point, Ovechkin was able to find space, and even if he could, and when he could rip it, and they'd they'd go in, nobody asked any fucking questions as to like, well, is this power play too predictable? Well, no, because we're scoring at like twenty percent plus percentage, right? So, I think it's a bit of a, a panicking pile on here, and I think that what the coaching staff is really deferring to, whether it be right or not, is that they just don't have the personnel to run the different threats because right now you only have one and that's Ovechkin. Uh, maybe John Carlson from the point, but he really needs to get to like the top of the circles to be a true scoring threat from that area. Right. From like right there in the middle. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sold. I mean, of course, if we get everybody back in healthy and the power play starts scoring again, this is all just going to be, you know, semantics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll look back and say, God, we were, we were all just being very impatient. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, and of course I think some power, some timely power play goals would have made some games a lot easier for sure. And that's the big drawback. Right. And if this, if this persists all the way through, uh, you know, the playoffs, if we get skunked on like four or five games in a row on our power play, that's a huge problem. Uh, so here's what I would, here's what I would like to see. I would like to see everybody chill out a little bit first. And then I would just one more look, one more look, same formation, but put Ovi in front of the net in the bumper position or let Ovi sneak in um, far side and just stay there for a while. Maybe he can put up a screen while JC kind of drifts over to his side. Uh, or like scrap it and try something new with the young guys. Like get Spronger out there. You know, Sprong, Shiri, uh, you know, maybe Schultz, Carlson, and then, you know, Kuznetsov, you know, or Backstrom. Like, some guys with speed who can mix it up and fly through and maybe create some space. Uh, cause you know, if you're stacking two guys in the slot area in inside that four man box formation or inside the diamond that a lot of teams are playing, they have to respect that. Right. So not only do you have that passing option for the bumper, if you had another guy in there sneaking in, maybe you can find some soft spots there to, to be like a secondary bumper or something. Um, maybe even a little bit more motion up high on the uh, on the blue line, kind of like run that three man weave to lull the opposition into a little bit of uh, a daze, and then put a nice shot on that, or, or shift the shift the whole formation, defensive formation, to one side, and then find someone weak side. Um, but I I I would say it's a dumpster fire now, but I have high hopes for it. And I think that as a team, we should look at it. The the Caps are still winning games and they are, you know, playing pretty well defensively. So this is what this is a fatal error in I think a lot of regular season hero teams and the Caps being one of them for a long time is that when you rely too much on offense, if it dries up, you're fucked. You're dead in the water, right? Montreal, yeah. Halak, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, the Oilers. If you can't play your defensive game, it's it's never going to work anyways. Yeah. I mean, um, defense wins championships. 
Absolutely. That, you know, there's, there's so much truth to that. And that's why it's around that saying. So you can't, um, <clears throat> you can't outscore everyone without playing defense forever. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now the shorthanded goal thing, <laughs> speaking of defense, I feel like that's just a, a, a couple of those have just been a, a rash of bad luck and bad, bad execution passes. I'm not really sure that that's something that is systemic. Uh, I think it's just been poor execution due to new personnel. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how this works out. I think that we're going to have, after this little camp, because Montreal's canceled, been canceled this week, you know, the Caps today as of today have probably had their little mini camp and they're going to be working on special teams, a little bit of conditioning and some strategy stuff. So maybe they are going to come out with something new. Um, I'd love to see it, uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it, how it works. And obviously we'll be here with you to talk about it when, uh, when the power play starts going off again, which is our hopes. Yeah. Hopefully tomorrow we'll get to see something special. Absolutely. Speaking of something special, hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your area or in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Hundred gambler. I'm hungry. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. All right. Let's talk about Olympics. It was announced before the new year that Team USA, I'm sorry, that the NHL will not be going to the Olympics. Um, They exercised their right, uh, I think they had until the 10th to draw or pull out before uh, being financially penalized. Right. So that means that this is anyone is eligible except NHL players. This does not mean it is an amateur tournament. So that we will see probably professional American players from the AHL and probably some from European leagues um, <clears throat> to this date being recorded on January 2nd. We still have no roster announced, but John Van Beesbrook mm-hmm. is the executive assistant executive director of hockey operations for Team USA. 
or for USA Hockey, and he's the general manager of the World Juniors team. He's going to be the GM for the Olympic squad. David Quinn, former Rangers coach, uh, Boston University coach, he is going to be a head coach. Uh, I'm pretty sure we had different guys in these roles before the NHL decided not to go. David Quinn is currently not uh, employed anywhere, and that is why he's available to be the coach. Um, <clears throat> so when we look at the 2018 roster, the first Olympics minus pros since, I think, either 84 or 88. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that consisted of 17 guys playing European professional, which is mostly the KHL, Czech League, Swedish League, German League, uh, multiple German leagues, actually. There were four college players, um, uh, two, a- two AHL players, and then former NHLer Brian Gionta. <laughs> um, he's an Alaska native, actually. He, uh, I think he was with New Jersey when they lost in the cup. Yeah. In, um, uh, it was like, what, 2011 or something? Yeah. I think, they lost he, uh, Kings. I think he played with the Habs for a while. <clears throat> yeah. And, he, you know, yeah. what's so shitty about that whole thing was that this was just like him trying to showcase that he could still cut it in the NHL. And it ended up landing in like a, con- a couple year contract with the Bruins, I believe. At least. Yeah, I think year. he. He dressed for the playoffs not long after the Olympics. I mean, like, so he he uh, played for the for Team USA and then was back in the Stanley Cup playoffs that spring. Um, and the so the, the college players who I'm sure our listeners are familiar with these names by now. It was uh, well, maybe not this guy, Will Borgen. He was playing for St. Cloud State. And then there was Ryan Donato, Troy Terry, and Jordan Greenway. So those ones, I think everybody knows those names. Right. Um, you know, Troy Terry, he's having a breakout year right now. I mean, he was he was close to the, the top of the NHL points for a while yeah. there. He's cool. He's on my fantasy team. He's cooled off a little bit, but he's still contributing, and the Ducks – we're having a lot of success during that time, you know, a lot to do with him and Zegris and Milano kind of coming out of their shell a little bit, um, performing up to, up to snuff. And then, uh, Gibson, you know, they're getting some really strong goaltending this season. So, you know, I, uh, I, what about, and so, so let's, let's back it up just a little bit here. The Olympics has not said that they're not going to have hockey. They've the only thing that's really happened is the NHL has said we're not going to send our players. Now, right? I that shouldn't um, mean the guys who are drafted can't go because I remember when the last time four years ago when this happened back in the hockey troll podcast uh, days, the um, AHL sent some guys, one or two. Yeah, yeah. There, there's two AHLers, um, and you know most of the college guys who would be considered are probably already drafted. Right, like those that whole Michigan team that has like all those first round picks. You know, yeah. Maybe those guys get a shot. Um, 
you know, it yeah. might be on for, for those young guys. It might be like a best case scenario because they might not ever get that chance, you know, again. Yeah. Well, so that's what I was thinking. Uh, I know I, I've, I've said this multiple times, you know, what about taking the world juniors team? Um, then we talked about what about some kind of, some kind of mixture, maybe, you know, half the world juniors team, get the kid, the guys who are above 18. Um, you know, so some of the guys from the world juniors team that I think they should take for team USA, Luke Hughes, brother of the other Hughes guys. Uh, um, <laughs> He plays for Michigan. Uh, Team USA only had one game that counted. And, I mean, he was minus one in that game, but uh, one game isn't really a good indicator. Um, another Michigan guy, Matty Benares, uh, he's one of those um, one of those high draft picks from this past year. In his, um, I believe it's his freshman year at Michigan. Landon Slaggart, he's a, a Notre Dame player. He had a goal in that first game and he's been he's had a very good career in college in addition to playing for world juniors in the past and team usa u18 team so those are at least three guys from the world juniors team that i think should go um a guy who i'd like to see play who's a little bit older but still in college and this just because i think it'd be cool is landon slaggart's older brother graham they play together at notre dame um That'd be cool. I honestly, I don't think he's talented enough to be on the roster, but um, <laughs> so I you're think willing to harpoon cool, but... our chances just because you love Notre Dame, basically. Well, no, it, it wouldn't have to be Notre Dame. Just any any brother combination would be cool. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I would have wanted to see Jack and Hughes both on Team USA if NHLers went. Right. Um, but you know, so you know, looking at the roster from last time around. And, you know, last time Team USA won a gold medal, it was college kids, recent college grads. Um, I don't think the system worked very well last last time around, having almost entirely pro players. I think they need to, this time around, focus a little more on maybe more of a college roster. You know, these guys, they got sent home from World Juniors because it got canceled with COVID. Right. So... They're not, they're 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 not going to miss that time that they would have missed in college, and um, really they would just be missing the end of the regular season. They'd be back in time for conference playoffs. So I think that's the way to go. Um, you know, I agree you know, with you it, too because we're looking at the Olympic sheet, and while it's generally the same length, it's it's uh, so you know uh, pretty pretty materially uh, larger, wide, wider is what I, it's a wider rink. That's what I should have said. To start. Yeah. So it's a bigger sheet of ice. <clears throat> There's more open space. It's less physical though. There will be, uh, you know, the big talk around is that there's still going to be physical guys that are going to need to be needed and that's fine. Um, but you know, the Olympic ho- like international hockey has a zero tolerance policy on fighting, you know, like any contact to the head is like a, a like a, big penalty you know i think it's an automatic major or something like that um there the rules are 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 much more stringent to take out injury and overall goon fuckery uh in the international game so it's a lot like watching a college game but on a bigger sheet of ice and while college games can get incredibly physical 
they're not, you know, you don't have as much opportunity because every time you throw a hit, you have to think like, how out of position am I going to be if I miss? Like, you know, things like that. Or even if I do land the hit, I'm still out of position because I've had to throw this hit. Um, you know, I think that everybody remembers like the open ice hit on Yager by Ovechkin. And that was just like, I don't know, God mode shit. But I, that's not a, that's not the everyday occurrence. You don't see that every day in the NHL. You don't see that every day in in the Olympic game or in the international game. So uh, I think that the U.S. should, like you said, go young and double down on speed and creativity versus get pucks in deep, two big hits, and get off. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of a lot of young American talent in the NHL and these guys have played with those guys. Um, and you know, honestly, I'd, I'd be a little more, I think I'd be more confident in, you know, random, I'd be more confident in an NCAA American all-star team playing against KHL and other pros than a smorgasbord of just picked out, pros from various European leagues. Plus you know, clapped I think, out Brian Gianta. Yeah, I mean, most of these, a lot of the guys who are still playing college hockey played World Juniors before they aged out. So you could almost, like, assemble the best, um, the best crew on the last four World Juniors teams, and that could be your Team USA. Right. No, I agree. I mean, I... I like that a lot, actually, as I as I just said that out loud. Um, I did find one article talking about a possible. This was written in December. Uh, it's it's called 2020 Olympics Plan B, projecting Canada U.S. rosters if NHLers don't go to Beijing. It was written by Chris Peters on the DailyFaceoff.com, um, and you know I'm not. I don't know a lot of these guys, to be honest, um, but you know, here's here's who he thought would be good picks for Team USA: Brian O'Neill, Jordan Schroeder, Reed Boucher, Kenny Augustino, uh, Nick Shore, and Stephen Kampfer. Those are all KHLers. And then in the NCAA, he predicts Matt, Matty Beneers, Brendan Brisson, Thomas Bordalo, Noah Cates, Parker Ford, Nathan Smith, Jake Sanderson, Brock Faber, Ronnie Attard, Ryan Johnson. Um, and then he actually has one AHLer. And that is a goalie, Pat Nagel. And okay. he's kind of a career uh, minor leaguer, but he did play D1. And then we've got Jeremy Brocco and Ryan Stoa, Zach yeah. Redman, John Ramage, and David Warsofsky are all playing German hockey. So basically... Um, Oh, and there's Strauss Mann playing in the Swedish League. I believe he is a recent college guy. 
Yeah, he he came from uh from Michigan. He recently played for Michigan. Mm-hmm. So basically, with his with with um with this roster predictions break down to is it's kind of a split between uh, the KHL and the NCAA with a few German pros sprinkled in. So I kind of like this. Um, this doesn't. This is definitely older NCAA guys. Right. This doesn't include any of the World Juniors, but um, you know, I think the fact that World Juniors was just canceled might increase the likelihood of a couple of those guys being included. Yeah, I mean, you look at the World Junior guys, and if you put up against these guys who have a pedigree who have played the international game, I understand why they want to call recall Americans who are playing in the KHL and in Sweden and in Germany because they're used to the style. Um, but you know, add, sprinkling in a couple young guys from the world juniors would be, would be good too. You know, obviously the, what I don't, you know, last Olympics, it was all about like, Oh, we're American hard nosed hockey. We're going to get, we're going to dump and chase and we're going to like physically beat, uh, beat on everyone. And it just didn't work. Like, that's just not how the game, I, I don't, we really need to like send out more talented players. It seems like, um, and, you know, the broader story here, really, I think, is that the leadership at USA Hockey is a bunch of fucking boomers, right? <laughs> they just, they're set in their ways. You know, I think Tortorella was the coach. Like, I, I mean, nothing against that, but, like, these are all NHL coaches. I mean, you, you, you want to get some ideology in there that is focused on speed and talent versus physicality, Right and old school hockey, right? Um, yeah. You I mean, know, the game is changing. We need to change with it. Yeah, and, and it's it's super interesting. Like, the one big takeaway from Ken Dryden's book was that he was dissecting why the Russians were so much better in such a little time, right? So, like, hockey, the the Russians play a game that's called bandy, and it, but the ice is huge. There's no boards, and it's played with, like, a a, a ball and like these more like curved sticks. It is on skates, but it's more like soccer. And so coming from like a soccer, uh, and ideology versus like a rugby, which is what Canadian, uh, hockey players came from, uh, had two, di- you know, the, the, the scoring and creativity and the, the emphasis on skill create and, and working as a team was, uh, was lost because, or was, was an advantage because in Canada they were still doing like, okay, one guy gets the puck and then stick handles and then he loses the puck and then we try to recover it because there was no forward pass. But once the forward pass happened and modern hockey started to take over, uh, the Canadians, while they held the throne for the longest time, uh, the like way that they thought about hockey was completely different from the creativity that the Russians showed, uh, which I guess is a little bit ironic in itself, trying to be like coming from like a communist, no creativity. Everybody's like, you know, so, you know, supposed to work for the motherland and, you know, cog in a machine type shit. But yeah, like that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, what he attributes at least to why the Russians were so much better, so much quicker because they didn't, they weren't, um, fucked over by their own predispositions about the sport, which I feel like the USA is getting into. 
well, you know, we've had success in the past. You know, uh, Herb Brooks, you know, he wanted the right guys and a lot of role players. And, like, they all played in, like, a, you know, uh, they were physical and they, they, they understood things a different way. And, you know, whatever that is, right? But that was kind of a a fluke, <laughs> you know, if you will. You know, the miracle on ice. That's why they call it a miracle. It's not like it would happen every year um, or every Olympics. So... You know, that's what I, that's, I guess, my convoluted rant about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, in, incorporating these, these young players would drive towards that goal of um, quickness, uh, a little more updated mindset of today's game to compete with the Europeans who already don't really play as brutal of a game as we do anyway. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, of course, Capstans, you know, we're going to be on top of this. So when the roster does get announced, we'll, we'll um, you know, be here to criticize the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not like what we said it should be, then we'll criticize it double. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Polly, is that, do you have any more on this? No, you know, the, um, really it's just waiting until it gets announced and then we can kind of dissect it from there. Yeah. And, and the cool thing will be is that Olympic hockey will be played while the NHL is on. So you'll have double the dose of hockey. Yeah. You can, uh, you can watch hockey on NBC and USA and then switch to TNT at ESPN for, NHL. Exactly. So lots of games. And of course, America's pride is on the line. Uh, and, you know, that's always more important or just as important. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Capstans, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you on Monday where we're going to, you know, do our normal week in review. And hopefully we'll be talking about how the Washington Capitals have righted their power play went 110 percent uh conversion they scored two goals for every power play uh and they uh are went undefeated and ovi scored like 10 goals five more power play goals especially right <laughs> yeah two goals for every power play <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah one one against and one four <laughs> yeah. well yeah that's that's <laughs> realistic we're, we're up so bad in both of the games that we started shooting on our own net. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, until Monday, Capstans, thanks for tuning in. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at CupcakePolly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at CapsChirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.